With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Afternoon Underdogs, brought to you by AirServe on Cards Radio 790 KRD. Now, here's Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday. Sitting in for Tony and Dave, I'm Michael McCamma from CardinalAuthority.com. The duo will be back behind the microphones on Monday, so make sure you tune in and, and welcome them back. I'm sure they'll be well-rested and ready to get back at it. Have enjoyed spending the last few days with you guys. Got, a, I think, a, another great day on tap here today. We've got a number of great guests coming on. We're going to continue to hear uh, some comments from yesterday's ACC meetings and dig into all kinds of other things. It's also forecast a weekend. Wouldn't mind being out there. Going to be some, some good times. Maybe we'll get to some uh, forecast bumper music uh, out there for you today. Um, but on the show today, we're going to talk a little soccer. We'll talk a little, little Louisville City FC with Dan Carell of the, of the CJ. Does a great job uh, covering, the, covering uh, Lou City. Having a, a great season thus far, so we'll dig into that with uh, Dan. Uh, coming up actually into the next segment, we're also going to talk a little Western Kentucky. A lot happening down in Bowling Green with the Hilltoppers program on both the hardwood and on the gridiron. We're going to touch base with WBKO.com writer Chad Bishop. He'll give us the, the lowdown on what's going on with Mike Sanford's uh, football team, who's the current favorite to win the Conference USA football title, which would be the third straight year for the Hilltoppers. Also, a lot of excitement surrounding their basketball program with head coach Rick Stansberry. The top ten recruiting class that he's got coming in. He's down in uh, Georgia watching some of this AAU action, looking at some of the nation's top players. So we'll touch base with Chad Bishop around 4 o'clock. Following him, we're going to touch base with University of Louisville women's basketball assistant Sam Purcell, who's had a very busy week himself. Starting last week, uh, the women's basketball evaluation period began. A lot of that happening here in the city of Louisville also took place out west in Texas, up in Indianapolis. Sam Purcell, his headquarters are right here. He didn't, he didn't have to go far. He got to stay home and sleep in his own bed, but he was you know, up the crack of dawn until way late in the evening, watching many of the nation's top players in the 2018, 19, 20 class and beyond, you know, scooting back and forth between the Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center out at Mid-City Sports Complex in, in Jeffersontown. Obviously, can't uh, take talk names with Sam, but we'll, we'll dig into what it meant, how to, you know, to have those events, and they're and they're going to stick around in Louisville for the next few years, as the the, the Fair and Expo Center continue to host those. So we'll dig in. We'll we'll, we'll pick his brain on how did that help uh, the University of Louisville women's basketball program, and what he thought about some of the you know again can't won't get into names, but what he thought of the talent level that he saw, how recruiting in general is going. We'll also pick his brain, uh, you know, you know, about currently how the current team looks. A couple of them are, are a couple of the current team: uh, Asia Durr, Maisha Hines, Allen, heading out west here soon to try out for the United States team, the under twenty three squad, which will be head coached by 
none other than UofL head coach Jeff Walls. So we'll look forward to talking to Sam Purcell. Always a great interview talking to him. Also got a couple other guests lined up. Should We expect to talk with Cardinal Authority publisher Jody Demling, as well as Cardinal Insider host. It's a big evaluation period for the men's basketball program, and Jody was busy. He Well, he's been busy all week. Started at the, the, the evaluation for the men's side of things started on Wednesday. Jody was there. Then he headed up to Charlotte for the ACC kickoff. Heard from him yesterday, and then back in his car, off to check out some more of the evaluation period, see where Rick Patino and his staff are looking at. We touched a little bit on that today, so we'll dig into that a little bit more or touch base on it yesterday, I should say. We'll dig into that a little bit more today as well. Also, I have a buddy of mine coming on. He's a head coach at, at Walden High School, the boys, uh, the men's basketball program over there. Former player himself, played for St. X, played a little college ball. We'll get his take on what it's like to coach in Jefferson County, the talent level, as well as his his uh, as a head coach, his thoughts on what the AAU circuit you know, means to players as they go out and show their wares to these college coaches. He's also a lead singer of a popular local band called the Velvet Saints. They just announced that they're going to be opening for Bush at a 4th Street Live later in the month. So do a little basketball talk with him, push, push, uh, do a little promotion for the show that's coming up. So you want to check out for that in the last hour as well. A couple of news and notes I want to share with you as we seem to have been doing. It, it's a daily thing this time of year. College football award watch lists are coming out. Another one today. And Jair Alexander, who we'll probably hear some words from later on in the show, you, you can't get tired of listening to Jair Alexander, that's for, for sure. But now a team high third nomination. Today he's nominated for the Jim Thorpe, Jim Thorpe Award. He's on that watch list. He's also uh, been previously named to the watch list for the Chuck, Chuck Bednarik and the uh, Bronco Nagurski Watch lists. So, I mean, that, that says something about the, the talent level. I mean, and most of these watch lists, you know, from the top kicker, obviously the Mac, the prestigious Maxwell Award, where Lamar uh, Jackson's a, a preseason, as you would expect, preseason uh, watch list selection. That's certainly an example and a testament to the talent level that Bobby Petrino and his staff are building over there at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. So, yeah, Alexander Selected to the Jim Thorpe preseason watch list. He's one of the nation's top 50, uh, 45, excuse me, 45 defensive backs to earn the spot on the 2017 uh, watch list, which again, you know, these are, are kind of honors, preseason honors, if you will. Uh, somewhat to, you know, he's also been selected as a, a preseason first team All American by a couple of the publications. It's, it's similar to those type of deals because the, these watch lists will change. As the season progresses, you know you'll have things where, where guys just don't perform to the level that they did the prior year, or or, or don't meet the expectations. Injuries uh, are going to take place uh, under you know some new guys are, are going to make a name for themselves. So there's going to be you know some shuffling of names as they whittle it down. They'll have fifty. You know, there'll be a mid-season watch list. Then they'll get close closer to the end of the year, and they'll trim that down to twenty and maybe a dozen or so. Of course, Alexander, you know, part of the the trio joining Lamar Jackson and Bobby Petrino up at the ACC kickoff meetings in Charlotte, the hometown of Jair Alexander, where he got to see some family and some friends during his time there. Started all 13 games last year, was a second-team all-ACC selection, led the Cardinals with five picks 
including two against Clemson, two more against Virginia. Had 39 tackles and a forced fumble. Also had that spectacular, we heard Paul Rogers as they were pre- uh, preparing to interview Jair yesterday, Paul Rogers play his call from the his uh, 100-yard-plus punt return for a touchdown uh, last year. I mean, Jair's just one of those electric people. So congratulations to him on uh, that nominee. And, and, you know, football's upon us, folks. July 31st, the Cardinals with their first practice. After that, uh, we're going to have media day where we get the opportunity to talk to all the coaches, quite a number of the players. You'll get a little bit of information overload, really. But at this time of year, open arms. Bring it. Then you got the kickoff luncheon coming up. September 2nd is the, the season opener up in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Field against Purdue. And what a game that's going to be. You got the, the former understudy, Jeff Brom, who worked for Bobby Petrino at Louisville, worked for him again at Western Kentucky. Clearly, you know, if you've watched, you know, Jeff Brom's coach team since he took the reins at Western Kentucky before going to Purdue this year, clearly highly influenced uh, by the Bobby Petrino offense. Also has worked under Howard Schnellenberger and a number of other great coaches. Spent some time in the NFL, obviously, former great quarterback for the Cardinals. So really looking forward to that game on September 2nd. So make sure you go to GoCards.com to get your tickets for that. Also for the kickoff luncheon, uh, which is sure to be another sellout. So you don't want to wait too long and go, ah, missed it. You want to get that done. Coming up over the weekend, here's something you need to look forward to because you know the ACC meetings are actually continuing today. Yesterday was the Atlantic Division's turn. Today, the Coastal is is taking their turn uh, behind the mics, walking through Radio Row. Clearly, not as as much interest for those uh, you know the fans and the media from the, that, that cover the Atlantic Division, but still some things coming up. And then once they get done with all that, the next couple days you'll see come out uh, from the media voting the preseason All ACC teams, the preseason uh, ACC Player of the Year. They may take an odds on who that might be. Number eight, Lamar Jackson. Can you imagine if it's not? <laughs> There'll be a, a, a number of people scratching their heads and say, what? But so, yeah, you'll have your all-ACC team coming out here in a couple days. Preseason player of the year. And then the best guess on how it's going to fall out. Who's going to win the Coastal? Who's going to win the Atlantic to meet in the ACC championship game in Charlotte? You win that, and you're off to the college football playoff. My guess at how that's going to fall out, and this is something we'll delve into later in the show, but uh, for the Coastal, it's got to be Florida State. You look at the the preseason picks, all the preseason polls thus far have them a top-five team, really you know, second or third. So the clear favorite to win the ACC overall this year is the Seminoles. And you know they've got that game against Louisville coming down to Tallahassee circled and waiting for the Cardinals to come down after what happened at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. So that's certainly one that's going to be uh, very exciting to watch next year. Or this fall, I should say. And then, you know, when you come in looking at the second place in the Atlantic, that's where it starts to get a little more curious. 
It's going to come down to game three of the season, I believe. Clemson visits Louisville. Have to think Louisville is going to be the favorite in this one. Cardinals coming up just short in a couple of really exciting games against against Clemson. Since they've joined the ACC, I think this is the year the Cardinals come out on the better side of things. If they do that, then I think they've got uh, at least the second spot of the Atlantic Division wrapped up. You know, and who knows what's going to happen down in Tallahassee. Nobody expected the Cardinals to come out and just throttle and put 63 points up on the Seminoles last year at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. So who knows what's going to happen. Louisville, obviously, with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner behind center, a wide receiving core that should be even better. So that's why they play the game. They may be the favorite to win it, but that doesn't mean they're going to. So we'll dig into the schedule a little bit more later in the uh, in the show. Do need to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little about the other football. We're going to talk a little Louisville City FC with Dan Carell from the Courier Journal. So stick around for that. Sitting in for Tony and Dave, I am Michael McCammon from CardinalAuthority.com. This is the Afternoon Underdogs on 790 KRD. Welcome back into a Friday edition of the Afternoon Underdogs. Sitting in for Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings, I'm Michael McCammon from CardinalAuthority.com on uh, Forecastle Weekend, getting it started. If you're heading out uh, to the riverfront uh, for the, the music and the festivities, be safe, be good, or at least give the impression that you're being good, but certainly be safe. A lot of good music out there. Certainly one of the highlights that has become uh, what many of the great highlights this city has to offer, both to those of us that live here as well as bringing plenty of people in to to visit the wonderful Derby slash River City. Hope to talk a little soccer here shortly uh, with Dan Carell of the Courier-Journal. Talk some uh, Louisville City FC. They're off to another great start, currently second in their division in the USL. So as soon as we can connect, uh, we'll, we'll we'll jump to that. But uh, other stuff coming up in the show as as we wait, uh, or may get to something else uh, first. We're going to talk some Western Kentucky at four o'clock with Chad Bishop from WBKO. Going to talk a little football, a little basketball with the Hilltoppers. A lot going on down there in Bowling Green for that program. A lot of positives going on, I should say, uh, for that program. Then we're going to jump back up to Louisville. And we're going to talk a little Louisville. Women's basketball with assistant Sam Purcell. He's done great things since he's joined Jeff Wall's program. Going to talk a little recruiting, talk about the progress of the upcoming basketball squad. At 5 o'clock, we'll talk with uh, Cardinal Insider host and CardinalAuthority.com publisher Jody Demling. He's uh, in a gym down south watching some of the, uh, the, the best players watching some of the best players as they're showing their wares. The college coaches get to kind of get an idea of where Rick Patino and his staff and, and what they think and who they're looking at. Understand they had their eyeballs uh, getting ready to watch Romeo Lankford earlier today, but uh, Romeo didn't play. He's been struggling with back spasms, as you, you may know. He sat out a couple games with the, with the U.S. team that he was on because of it. But Louisville still had a presence for 22 Vision, his team, his AAU squad. Then following that, we're going to talk to a Walden basketball head coach and a former basketball player himself, uh, Kevin Manning, who's also the lead singer of a local band, popular local band called Velvet Saints. So we're going to talk a little basketball, a little rock and roll, which is, which is which is fitting 
for Forecastle Weekend. His band just announced uh, earlier that they're going to be opening for Bush down on 4th Street Live on July 21st. We'll talk a little hoops and rock and roll with Kevin. Looking forward to that in the, in the last hour. But understand we got Dan on the line now, ready to talk a, a little soccer with Dan Carell from the Courier Journal. Appreciate you taking some time with us out of, a, I'm sure, always a hectic schedule. Yeah, what's going on, man? Sorry I'm a little delayed. Oh, that's uh, that's all right. You know, that happens with us. But, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the Lewis, Lewis City's got a pretty exciting game coming up uh, tomorrow at uh, at Slugger Field. Uh, Want to jump right into that? Obviously, hosting the, the 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 rival squad from Cincinnati, which last time they were down here set an attendance record uh, for Lewis City with over ten thousand people out at Slugger Field. And from what I understand, uh, that's a number that could be broken this weekend. Yeah, I'm hearing the same things right now that uh, they'll probably break that. Uh, record from last year and have, you know, more than 10,000 people in the ballpark again, which would be terrific. Um, it's a great show of support from the community. And uh, obviously it's a big game. It's a big game. I think almost more for the fans than the players, but, uh, the, you know, the players definitely, there's definitely bad blood between, between the two teams, even if the players and the coach won't necessarily admit it. <laughs> and, uh, Love I, bad I, blood. I think it'll be really interesting to see how the, the first five minutes go, you know, cause the tackles might be flying and <laughs> guys might be trying to get an extra shot in there too. See uh, over it, the course of the game, but you'll you'll really see it in those first five minutes as they try and set the tone. Yeah, see if a little uh, maybe some yellow or red cards pop up. You know, and, you know, and that's you know that's kind of what you need when you're when you're building a franchise is you need to build those rivalries. And obviously, there's there's always been you know as far as fans go, whatever the sport may be, some bad blood between uh, Louisville and Cincinnati. Obviously, helped by the the proximity and the closeness of the two. Just you know, a little highway drive between us, but uh, you know. I mean, to me, it's just a testament. As I mentioned, over ten thousand uh, for the game last year when they played to a draw. Uh, this year, you know, that number could be eclipsed. I mean, it's certainly a testament to how how quickly and how much this city has really accepted and fallen in love with this Louisville City FC squad. Yeah, I mean, the growth of soccer in this town has been pretty impressive over the last three years. And honestly, I think it still has room to grow because I hear stories, you know, from from staff members on the team that. You know, they're still making ticket calls, and people are saying, oh, wow, I didn't know we had a pro soccer team, which, you know, it seems kind of hard to believe yeah. for all the media that they do. But there are still some people in town who don't really realize what we've got here in Louisville. So, you know, I, I hope just as a soccer fan myself that, you know, fans can come out and see a game or, or watch them, you know, online through our website, on YouTube, you know, watch them on TV as well. They have a TV deal. Listen on 840WHAS tonight or tomorrow night, excuse me, and, uh, you know, just get into it, realize that there's, there's more than just youth soccer in this town. There's more than just you know U of L football, U of L basketball, and, and and other U of L sports as well. Yeah, I mean, plenty of options, and you know, and I'm kind of one of those. You know, I probably fall into the majority where I'm still kind of learning the game, kind of a, a you know growing into the the fanship there, and, and and starting to get a better understanding and feeling of the game. But you could certainly count me in as one that uh, would love to see the the new stadium and new park that they're now discussing. Uh, you know, actually coming to fruition. I think that would do wonders for the city and obviously the ability to expand and maybe even grow to the an even larger level. But uh, you got to love the the excitement that is in the community and for a lot of reasons i mean it's it's not just that there's pro soccer in louisville i mean this is a team that's doing quite well as well yeah exactly i mean that's the thing that in some other towns you know whether it's in the eastern conference or western conference yes they have a pro soccer team but you know on the field what folks have here i don't i don't think they realize how lucky they are with what james o'connor the coach has put together there's there's just something special about him because every year they they seem to lose you know, pretty much all or almost all of their influential pieces. And he just brings in a few new guys and they perfectly replace, you know, or, or they change things around, but they essentially replace, 
consistency-wise, who they you know lost in the year before. And you know, right now, teams in second place, they're rolling along pretty well. Uh, only one loss in their last five games. Uh, so, I mean, right now they're they're looking great. It's right around the midway point of the year, and they're you know really rolling towards a, a good spot in the playoffs. Yeah, as you mentioned, number two right now in the Eastern Conference standings, uh, just behind Charleston, who they just had a draw with. Uh, you know, so certainly you know playing well. Uh, Cincinnati, you know. A little bit further down in the standings at six, but those are certainly the games that you want to, you really kind of need to take care of if you want to continue in that chase for the, for the first place spot for sure. But, uh, a little bit different of a question. And again, we're joined by Dan Carell from the Courier Journal, who does a great job covering, uh, Louisville City FC. Um, you're around, you're around the, the, the program quite a bit and the players and stuff like that. Obviously, this city has fallen in love with, with Louisville FC. Uh, but even though there's been a high turnover of players, you know, which is a testament to the quality of talent that the coach is bringing in. But what's been the reaction from the from the players who are you know coming into the, this city to play the season, call Louisville home for a stretch? You know, how much do you, do you gather that they're enjoying the community themselves? Yeah, I think they like it a lot. I mean, from some of the foreigners who've been here, they've they've really enjoyed the the city. I know I know some of them wish it was a little more. Uh, publicly accessible, maybe without a car. You know, for for a foreigner coming into town, you know, yeah. it's a little hard to get a car and everything, and uh, you know, so they need people to drive in places. But <laughs> you know, overall, I think they like it. They like the community feel. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a southern town with midwestern values, as I've, I've heard a, a coworker of mine from Louisville call it, and uh, I, I, I kind of agree with that. So yeah, I, I think people like the city. They like the fans, um, especially the guys coming in from from outside. And I mean, you have a guy like Paolo Del Piccolo who came to to U of L to play college soccer and had a chance to come back last year and, and decided to and this essentially, you know, made his this is his second home here. He's from I think the Denver, Colorado area originally, but it seems kind of like he wants to put down roots here. So that that's you know what Louisville can do for a guy. Yeah, and you mentioned him, and I was going to bring him up. And certainly, what the the uh, there's got to be some kind of a rollover with the the job that University of Louisville has soccer program, and obviously they built their own stadium and the success they've had. That's got to have some rollover, I would think, uh, you know, into the excitement that is now built for the pro team as well. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not sure how many people were solely U of L soccer fans, but I would assume if you're a U of L soccer fan, you're going to be a fan of the pro team in town too. It's just, you know, another association. I, I, I think it would be great for, you know, more local guys to, or guys who played at local schools, you know, to sign. I mean, right now there's, you know, a guy who went to UK, a guy who went to U of L and a guy who went to IU all on the roster, but there's no reason why there can't be two of each, you know, or three or four. Uh, you know, because the the level of player is there, and and right now, I mean, there's plenty of guys from from all three of those schools playing in Major League Soccer right now, so they're really even at a higher level or even playing abroad. So, you know, eventually though, it'll get to a point where I think there will be more more local guys, and I, I think that's great because you know that's what ultimately the community wants to see is like uh, you know someone who's one of their own playing on the field. What do guys like Cameron Lancaster and Brian Owenby mean for this squad? Oh man, where do I start? Right, uh, I mean Brian Ondi has been for me the midseason MVP. You know, I mean yeah. he's been the best player on this team and probably the best player in the league, or one of the best players in the league, I should say. Uh, you know, bar Taylor Hoffman out in the Western Conference uh, and Jorge Herrera for Charlotte. Um, I mean Ondi's been amazing. That he's you wouldn't know it by looking at him, but he's incredibly quick. He's very good on the ball solid passer as well, and he just has this knack for finding open space. Um, and then Lancaster is just, uh, you know, his technique on the ball is great. He's had some injury issues that he's dealt with over, over the course of his time at Louisville City, including missing pretty much the whole first season with an ACL tear. Uh, but, 
I mean, his ability on the ball is probably the best on the team. He's just really, really good ball skills. And when he has a, a half a yard of space, I mean, he'll just fire a shot on goal. And he scored a few fantastic free kicks during his time here. And, uh, yeah, he has four goals this season. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, who starts this uh, next game against Cincinnati, whether it's going to be Luke Spencer, who used to play for FC Cincinnati, or maybe uh, Lancaster, or maybe Ilya Illich, who started three straight games. That's a good problem to have if you're Coach O'Connell, don't you think? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I think he would prefer one of the, those three forwards to have a little bit more production and, and be a regular scorer. I mean, last year Chandler Hoffman had 14 goals in his first 17 games, something like that. Sure. And this year, uh, you know, I think it's Lancaster's four. I want to say Spencer's two. And I, I think Illich just has one. So, you know, the, the goals are a little more spread around this year than they were last year. Um, and I think he would prefer to have, you know, a little more consistency from the, the forward trio, but I think he's just happy with the win at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you're looking through the USL stats, you know, you can tell that this Louisville FC, uh, Louisville City FC club is one that kind of gets it done, you know, more or less as a team per se than having that one or two individual star. I mean, when you look through the stats, it's not like you're seeing, you know, one or two guys that, you know, from this team, you know, leading the way for the, for either the division or the league. It's been more of a team effort. Right. I think, you know, now you could, hindsight's twenty twenty. you can look back and say, well, you know, they lost Chandler Hoffman, who's a terrific scorer from this year's team. So what does James O'Connor do? He really strengthens the defense. So he brought in uh, Sean Tosh, who's been a really good center, center back. Uh, he's 6'2", six 6'3", foot six foot so he's a big guy, very strong, very powerful in the air on, you know, any balls in the air, he, he's winning them. And they've got basically four, you know, starting caliber center backs in USL that they can pick from, and they, they usually go with three now on on a regular basis but the the defense is one of the best in the league if not the best i think they've only given up nine or ten goals so far this year in uh 15 games so it's i think it's the best mark so far in, in the league uh so they've done very well defensively and in, in the last seven games the scoring's come around they've got 14 goals in the last seven games after only getting eight in their first eight games so uh but you know everything's kind of <laughs> coming together at this point in the season and you know the question will just be you know are they peaking too early if, they, if they're peaking at all yeah, hopefully they're still you know on their way up and and still finding themselves and they'll continue to, to improve. And hopefully some of that offense will start to catch up to the defense as well, and and they'll continue to chase for that number one spot in, in the Eastern Division and and eventually obviously compete uh, for the the overall crown. Again, we're joined by Dan Carell, who does a great job covering Louisville City FC uh, for the Courier Journal. Make sure you go CourierJournal dot com and and check that out, or you know make sure you subscribe so you can get it delivered right to your home. But you know, before I let you go, Dan, as we were talking about at the beginning of the segment, um, they're expecting a huge crowd out there at. Slug- Field with over likely over ten thousand uh, people coming out for the weekend, potentially a new uh, club record for attendance wise. For those who may be you know making this their first trip out, and there obviously will be a, ha- a good handful that will do so. What should they expect when they go out to these? Because it's it's a pretty exciting uh, atmosphere. So, what should fans who might be making the, their rookie trip out to Slugger Field expect to see? Well, the first thing is because forecast is going on, I would recommend for everybody to just get get out there as early as you can. True. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's an hour, two hours, whatever, before the game, find parking somewhere uh, and get out to the stadium. Uh, and then just, you know, get along with the atmosphere. The the Coopers, the supporters group, um, you know, they have a bunch of drums that they're banging and setting the tempo and set, setting the beat, essentially. And the supporters are, are chanting and singing songs the whole time. And, you know, every, everybody should get a part of it because that really creates that atmosphere and it creates the, uh, you know, the... 12th man or whatever you want to call it, yeah. like, like they have in Seattle, right? So uh, essentially that that's what that's for. And um, 
I think it's fun. I mean, it's a good time and embrace that part of the soccer culture. That's maybe a little bit foreign to the American sports culture, but I think it's great. It's, it's a little bit in college sports, right? You have the band at college basketball games or college football games. So it's a little bit more like that. And, and yeah, just take everything in, you know, what, I, w- I would tell people don't just watch the ball the whole time. Pick a player and just watch what the player is doing. Watch how they're playing the game. Watch the little nuances that they're doing because I think, you know, a lot of people might look at the NFL and say, oh, it's just a bunch of guys, you know, running into one another, right? But <laughs> we see the nuance, you know, we see the right tackle, you know, moving his feet really quickly to make sure the defensive end doesn't get around him fast enough. And we see the, you know, cornerback bumping at the line and things like that. So it's, it's the same kind of idea. So, so watch a player and watch the nuances and, and just uh, enjoy that. Yeah, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about the sport is how much the you know the fans do interact and become part of the game. Really, you know, with the different singing and the chanting, and obviously the, the you know the, the colorful smoke and the drums and all that kind of stuff that's going on. So appreciate your time, Dan, and uh, as always here on the Afternoon Underdogs, great stuff again. Dan Carell from the Courier Journal uh, doing a great job covering Louisville City FC. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. You have a great weekend and enjoy the, the contest out at Sluggerfield this weekend. And again, that's Dan Carell. You can check out all his work at uh, CourierJournal.com. Again, like I said, does a fantastic job uh, covering uh, the soccer team, which again, hosts rival Cincinnati out at Sluggerfield uh, tomorrow. Had a, over 10,000 when those two met in 2016 at Sluggerfield for a 0-0 draw. And, uh, it, the likelihood of it uh, being a new record is pretty high. So you want to be a part of that, and as you just heard, it's a pretty exciting atmosphere if you haven't checked it out yet. But uh, do need to catch a break. We'll come back. We might hear a little bit. Uh, Nick Coffey from the Red Zone did a, a great interview with Peyton Siva the other day. So we might, uh, if we've got time, I plug that in for you. It's a great one if you haven't heard it, so stick around. Sitting in for Tony and Dave on the Afternoon Underdogs, I'm Michael McCammon on 7 Dogs here on 790 KRD. It's the weekend. So worth it, right? <laughs> too much, too much. Forecast a weekend. Hope you guys are, if you're heading out that way, have a lot of fun. I'm a little jealous. A lot of good tunes out there this weekend, so enjoy it. Make sure, make sure you keep yourself hydrated. And if you're going out to Forecastle, try and take a few minutes out of that busy schedule and walk over to Slugger Field tomorrow night uh, for Louisville, Louisville City FC as they welcome rival FC Cincinnati uh, to Slugger Field, which should be a, a great time uh, without question. But as I mentioned, uh, Nick Coffin from the Red Zone, if you haven't caught this, a couple days ago had former Cardinal great uh, Peyton Siva on as a guest for about a little over 10 minutes. It was a great interview. Um, I enjoyed it the first time around. I know a lot of people uh, didn't hear it. Uh, you can, obviously, anytime you want, you can go to 790krd.com and check out the podcast. But it's one worth replaying. I mean, Peyton Siva, you don't hear from him that much, you know, and he's one of those Cardinals that's going down on any Cardinal fan's, you know, favorite list. So here's Peyton Siva chatting with the Red Zone, Nick Coffey, from a couple days ago here on 790 KRD. And joining us now on Cars Radio 790 KRD, a former Louisville Cardinal, Peyton Siva. Peyton, how's the summer treating you, my man? It's going good. Just relaxing, spending time with my family, and uh, just enjoying Louisville. Well, that's good to hear. And last time we talked, I know you were in Germany finishing up the season there. How did things finish up for you? I know you had some injury problems, right? Yeah, I was out for three months. Uh, I came back to Louisville and had surgery at a sports hernia. So uh, just recovering from that, I tried to play through it. Uh, we played in the playoffs against uh, Bayern Munich, and uh, we gave them all we could. But unfortunately, I couldn't really play a lot, and we ended up losing. We, we got a game, but uh, ended up losing in the playoffs. 
Now, when you're playing overseas and you get injured, like how does that? I mean, because I've heard stories of some guys when they get hurt, they end up parting ways from their team. Uh, what's the process like? I imagine. I mean, it's probably hard enough to be away from your family for that long, but to be there and not even be able to play, it's got to make it even worse, right? Yeah, it was tough because uh, my family had just left right when I got injured, so uh, it was a little tough for me, you know, not being able to play. But uh, I just try to just rehab and try to do everything I could to get back on the court and. Um, you know, the doctors are really good, but we just couldn't really find a solution. So uh, just, you know, just try to play through the injury. But, um, you know, this team was really great, you know, about how they handled it. You know, they were very patient with me. And, you know, like you said, a lot of guys, when they go overseas and go to Europe, you know, some teams would just cut them or part ways with them. So uh, I was very fortunate to have a team that, you know, liked who I was and uh, invested a lot in me. Do you know where you're going to be for the upcoming season? Are you going to be back in Germany? Are you looking at your options right now? I'll be back in Berlin next year, uh, so I'm looking forward to going back there, trying to get healthy now and have a healthy season. Well, that's good to hear. Now, I've always wondered, whenever you whenever you look at what options you have, and again, you mentioned you're going to be back in Germany, but throughout the, before you even agreed to go to Berlin and play, when you're looking at the options you have, obviously the money has to make sense. That's That's probably the most important. But what are the other big factors in deciding where you want to play when you've got those options overseas? Uh, definitely money plays a big factor, but also just, you know, my, for me, just my family security, uh, my family just being safe. And, uh, you know, you have to try to go to a team that's going to pay on time, who's known for paying on time, or who's known for giving you all your money. And then another thing for me, which is really big while I'm going back to Berlin, is everybody there speaks English. So, uh, you know, it's easy to get around. It's easy to communicate with everybody. And uh, they have a lot of American food spots there. So, <laughs> That's good for me. Peyton, you mentioned you know paying on time, and I've heard some horror stories about guys who sometimes they end up having to like take it to court. Some teams either they don't pay them at all or they pay less than what they're supposed to. So there's, there's some truth there. That actually happens? Yeah, oh, um, more than you would think. Uh, you know, I've had to deal with it with one of the clubs I was with and, uh, you know, still waiting. So, uh, you know, it Yikes. happens a lot of times, um, unfortunately, but... Uh, you know, they, they do a good job, for the most part of what I heard, of getting the guys their money. So, uh, you know, like for me, I'm still waiting for one of the clubs to pay me all my money. But um, just, you know, just like I said, you just have to be patient with what team you want to pick and uh, just be careful with it. Now, a lot of I mean, there, it, it's un, something we've talked about on this show in recent weeks because the draft wasn't that long ago. There's so many great players that end up going overseas to play just because it's so hard to make it in the NBA. And I think that goes without saying. There's a ton of guys that you play with overseas that you know could play in the NBA. Um, I, I, to me, it seems like the NBA is all about the right opportunity in the right situation. Now, I'm going to ask you this, if it's fair to say. You tell me this because you played in both the NBA and you've played abroad. Is there truth to there are certain guys that you play with overseas that you know they, they could do what some of these role guys do in the NBA? I mean, what, what's the, I mean obviously the talent level, level is different between the NBA and playing in Europe, but a lot of people seem to think there's a huge separation. What do you make of that? I don't think there's a huge separation. I think there's a huge separation in the star players in the NBA and the star players in Europe, but I feel like a lot of players in Europe can be those role players on teams or you know go out there and do what some of the players are doing. Um, so I don't really think there's a big drop-off from that. And like you said, it's all about the right opportunity, right fit, um, you know, just timing of everything is what I feel like. You know, you put Russ Smith on a team like Golden State where he can just go out and play, you know, 
he'll, he'll play great. Or even, you know, like at Philadelphia, when they weren't playing that well, you put like him on that team, he's going to go out there and score points. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like it's just timing. I mean, you know, there's talented players all over the world, but I feel like, you know, just being in the right fit, the right system and timing, is it's huge. Um, you know, somebody get hurt, that, that person steps up, and now they love him. Uh, you know, for instance, like you saw Yogi this year sure. with Dallas. Um, you know, Pierre Jackson, who's a good friend of mine, was playing really well for Dallas. And, uh, you know, I felt like they were going to sign him, but unfortunately he had a hamstring problem and they didn't, they couldn't really invest with that. And, you know, they brought up Yogi and he stepped up into the right position at the right time and they needed a point guard and he filled that role. So uh, I really feel like, you know, being the right place at the right time and always staying ready for your opportunity. Peyton Siva joins us here on Cards Radio 790 KRD. Peyton, you spent some time with the G- Detroit Pistons after your time at UofL, spent some time in the D-League, and now, of course, you've been playing abroad for the last couple of years. How hard was it for you, or was it hard at all when you had to make that decision? Okay, do I want to keep playing in the D-League? Do I want to keep playing in the Summer League and kind of chasing that NBA dream? How hard was it for you to decide, okay, the NBA may be there at some point, but right now I've got to do what's best for my family? Uh, that that was the main thing of the reason why I did end up going to Europe instead of you know staying in D League at the time and you know to continue to try to chase that dream. Um, at some point, it just becomes about you know money and your finances. Uh, just making sure your family's okay and making sure they're supported. I mean, the NBA is going to be there. Uh, you know, I've been wanting to get back to playing summer league for the last few years, but unfortunately, I've been injured for the last two summers. So. I uh, just couldn't work out that way. So hopefully, you know, I have a good year this year and, you know, just build that momentum up and just stay healthy enough to, you know, go into summer league and play or have a good enough year where a team invites you back to training camp. So, uh, you know, it's always there in the back of my mind. I always want to play there. But, you know, at, at some point you have to do what's best for you and your family. And, you know, you can make a really good living playing in Europe. And, you know, they have really good money over there. So uh, it's not a, a terrible thing to go up to Europe and play. It's just you have to find the right situation and the right spot. Hey, one of your teammates, uh, Russ Diculus, Russ Smith, he's he's making national news with the, the numbers he's putting up over in China. And you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier about you know him finding the right fit. What was it like being a teammate of Russ Smith? Because I think for as good as Russ is, and we all know he's a great player, He's very unique. It's a, he's a guy who just he's got a knack to score. He's a little bit unpredictable at times. And uh, are you are you do you think that at some point down the road he'll be able to get another shot in the NBA? I think so. I mean, I love Russ. Uh, you know, off the court, you know, his skill wise aside, you know, Russ just as a person, as a human being, is just an amazing guy. Uh, you know, I have plenty of conversations with him. Um, he's the nicest person you'll ever meet. You know, he has the biggest smile on his face at all times. He just knows that, you know, where he's come from and where he's at, you know, took a lot of hard work. Um, and so he's just excited and a happy person. Um, and I love him for that. You know, I love just being around him. He has positive energy all the time around him. He tries not to let the negativity get to him. And I honestly think as a player on the court playing with him, it was fun. I mean, he was definitely sporadic. He never knew what he was going to do. But for some reason, when we were on the court together, I always knew, okay, I know Russ is going to be here. All right, I know Russ is going to do this. And uh, we, that's how we just got along so well. So I definitely think he will get another shot uh, in the NBA. And I just hope a team just lets him be him. You know, everybody wants to change a person. Everybody wants to change a player. They just have to realize Russ is a scorer. Uh, that's what he does. I mean, you know, you have other players uh, like Isaiah Thomas in the, for Boston. 
You know, he was always a scorer. You know, everybody wanted me, oh, he's too small to be a shooting guard or whatever. But that's what he does. He scores. He scores the ball. And Boston just kind of just let him be him. Brad Stevens just let him be him. And, I mean, he's showing the league what he can do. So, uh, like I said, it's all about opportunity and, you know, just, just being in the right system and right fit. And I think that can come for us one day. Hopefully a coach lets him be that. But until then, I mean, he's, he's going to average 40 if, if a coach lets him be him. Peyton Steve is our guest here on Cards Radio 790 KRD. Now, Peyton, I know you've probably been asked about this quite a bit over the last few weeks, but the news came out about three weeks ago that the NCAA decided to hand down some some pretty harsh penalties from what went on years ago. And, um, you know, we had Tim Henderson on, one of your teammates, a guy who was a big part of that championship run uh, years ago. And, you know, Tim said, of course, it's, it's not something you want to hear. It's not good news. But I'm assuming you're on the same page with him that, you know, really doesn't take away what you guys did. It doesn't really change the memories you guys know what you accomplished how have you handled the, the news over the last few weeks it's been tough but you know i'm glad that coach Tino and the university is you know appealing it but like tim said we know what we did in 2013 and you know we know the blood sweat and tears that we put on the court everybody played their hearts out i mean <laughs> it wasn't given to us uh you know what we did on the court was magical and you know, I love them guys. I mean, those guys are my brothers, so they can never take those memories away from us. Um, you know, I still talk to them all today. Uh, you know, I talked to Tim about, you know, his baby, and I was joking with him the other day. You know, he sent me a picture of him shooting on the gun, and I was like, oh, you're getting ready to go back to Europe, huh? <laughs> and uh, so I, I always talk to those guys. I love them, and um, you, you can never take away the memories we had. Uh, you know, the fans also, they know what we did. They were there to support us in Atlanta, and you know, you can't take those memories away from those guys. Now, the fans, of course, were devastated to hear that. But for you guys, I mean, you're a positive person. That's come across on the court. It's come across to people who've gotten a chance to know you throughout your time here in Louisville. It seems like you're going you're gonna to take the best approach you can, which is remain positive. But this is personal, right? Because you obviously, you and your teammates really had nothing to do with what really went on. And, it, and although, again, as you said, they can't take it away. You still experienced it. The memories are there. But it's like you're being punished for something you had nothing to do with. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but like I said, I'm just, you know, glad the university is fighting for the players and Coach Pino and them fighting for the players and, you know, what we did. So, um, you just have to just roll with it and see what happens. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Louisville is my home. Um, I'm not going to leave here, you know, whatever happens, happens, but I'm not going to leave here. Um, you know, I'm still out in the community, still helping out and doing whatever I can just because the community gave back so much to me. So why not give back to it? So. You know, just try to just continue to roll and live my life and, you know, just be positive. Well, Peyton, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. I got one more question for you. Uh, How's the dad life treating you? It's good. I have two daughters now, one's four months, the other one will be three in August. So just enjoying it, man. They're they're crazy. They get me up at 7 a.m. every day. But luckily, they go to sleep around. Well, one goes to sleep around seven. The other one just likes to just run around. She's the hyper one. As so far, so uh, they definitely keep me on my toes and keep me busy. So it's, I enjoy it, man. I love it. Well, Peyton, again, thank you so much for the time. Uh, congrats on the continued success, and hopefully you can get healthy so you can get back on the court, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And that's Peyton Siva joining uh, Nick Coffee on the Red Zone a couple days ago. Great interview. Uh, obviously, one of the uh, a Louisville favorite for all of us. Uh, and again. Uh, hope to see uh, Peyton, Peyton Siva healthy here again soon. Of course, you could check out Nick 12 to 3, Monday through Friday here on 790 KRD in the red zone. Do you need to get, get, we do need to catch our next break. 
AirServe proudly presents the Afternoon Underdogs on Cards Radio 790 KRD. Now here's Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings. Hey everybody, sitting in for Tony and Dave today, the vacationing Afternoon Underdogs. I am Michael McCammon from Cardinal Authority, as well as WKUInsider.com. And we're going to focus on that second part a little bit during this segment. Excited to bring on our next next guest, Chad Bishop from WBKO down in Bowling Green. You can check his work out at WBKO.com. Chad, how are you on this wonderful Friday afternoon? I'm doing fantastic, and I uh, have to be honest with you, I'm poolside right now, so I'll rub <laughs> it into everybody listening. <laughs> I was wondering, you know, I was wondering if maybe you're potentially making your way up here for Forecastle. No, um, it's not really my scene, not really my type of music. Not I know hard I got enough, a bunch hey. of friends that are going, but uh, I'm more of a, a metal guy, so there's not <laughs> many uh, metal acts on the bill this weekend. But, yeah, there, there are some metal shows. I've actually got a, a friend of a friend who's really into the metal stuff, so we'll have to get you up and uh, get up here one weekend and go out and have our ears bleed together or whatever. But uh, You know, uh, I, I believe the end of September there's a, there's a festival up there that a small uh, has a lot to do with, with bourbon and metal, and I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> and I've never been able to make it because it's in the fall during football season, but as luck would have it, the Hilltoppers have a bye week, so that may be something I can get to this, this year around. Yeah, Louder in Life down on River Road right next to the river. And, and what's funny is I remember last year, you know, speaking of metal and how loud metal likes to be, last year – the Hoosiers on the other side of the river were complaining that the music was too loud. <laughs> I mean, how often have you heard somebody oh, from another gosh. state complain about the music being too loud? Well, we'll just have to uh, secede them from the union, I guess. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, there's the old joke where, you know, when you know, back in the day, the two states went to war and Indiana threw all the dynamite at, at the Kentucky side and the Kentuckians lit it and threw it back. You know, so there's that going for you just like a bugs bunny cartoon there you go but anyways we brought you on here to talk about uh you know what's going on with western kentucky not some metal music we'll get into that maybe this fall when louder than life's going on maybe you can give us a live report from from the scene as you will but a lot going on down there in bowling green on the hill i mean in football basketball they're keeping you busy chad you know, usually, as and you know this, uh, in the sports journalism world, June and July are usually quiet months, um, but Rick Stansberry did not comply with that order, uh, <laughs> making some coaching staff changes and bringing in, you know, a whole new roster. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been a whirlwind, and it seems like, you know, every week, every day, something else pops up. Uh, it's been relatively quiet this week, but, um, you know, who knows what next week will hold or the rest of the month, and uh, those guys have a trip coming up to Costa Rica in August, so I would think by by when that rolls around, everything will kind of quiet it down. Yeah, you know, of course, you know, he's got uh, an entire, you know, you could basically say an entire new roster coming in this year, you know, with his top 10, obviously highlighted by the, the top 10 recruiting class, some nice transfers, you know, some grad transfers, things like that. But uh, so a lot of expectation for Rick Stansberry in year two down on uh, on the Hill for him. It really is. It's a very kind of strange dynamic because, like you said, it's an it's a brand new roster. Yeah, there were some kids uh, like Lamonte Bearden who was on scholarship last year but didn't play. He was a transfer. A couple guys that were enrolled in school but didn't play. Uh, and then for the most part, everybody coming in is is completely new. Um, so I, I think folks need to you know kind of temper their expectations in that regard. But on the other hand, I mean, like you said, top ten recruiting class, a McDonald's All American. You know, shoot. Even if Mitchell Robinson wasn't part of the process, don't say uh, that. the guys, he, the other guys he has coming in, 
you know, the Josh Andersons of the world, Jordan Bringers, uh, Tavion Hollingsworth, Mr. Basketball. I mean, those guys alone would really help build this thing as well, plus the graduate transfers who enrolled this summer. So, I mean, it, it's going to be a very, very talented roster, probably the, the most talented Western scene in, in probably a decade, I would dare say. Yeah. Uh, so they'll be expected to compete right away. Yeah, and you bring up Jordan Brangers, and he, he's a Kentucky native, went away to do some uh, junior college ball, and certainly you know raised his stock while, while in on the JC level. I mean, he's coming into Western Kentucky with a lot of you know really hype about how well that guy can shoot the ball, and you know it should be a really big contributor from day one. It's a crazy story. I mean, from from what I've been able to to learn about that young man is he had a, a pretty decent high school career, but actually didn't graduate high school, and uh, you know went off and kind of did his own thing. Went back and got his GED, and a junior college coach found him just kind of playing pickup ball, and signed him and, and brought him down there to a junior college. Uh, in his junior college, plays the Golden State Warriors brand of basketball, where they shoot the ball a ton, they shoot a ton of threes. Uh, I had a, a WKU administrator tell me the other day they went to watch him work out on campus, and the kid is just raining shots from all over the court but can also handle the ball incredibly well. And one of the more underrated pickups that Rick Stansberry got uh, this offseason because I don't think a lot of folks know about him, mm-hmm. but I think once he, he, he gets in the groove of thing, learns his way around the Division One basketball schedule and program, I mean, he's going to be really good. He could I don't think he'll be their leading scorer, but I dare say he'll be their leading three-point guy. And, and probably be in double-digit figures night in, night out. Yeah, again, we're joined by Chad Bishop from WBKO.com. Hard to find anybody that covers Western Kentucky uh, better and deeper than, than Chad does. And since you hinted at it, you know, they do have a McDonald's All-American. He's on campus uh, in Mitchell Robinson. You know, obviously uh, the the cream of the crop of this impressive recruiting class that Rick Stansberry's brought in. But you, you hinted at it, even if he's not uh, part of the process. Are you hearing anything that, that makes you worry that he may not be? No, no, not anymore. You okay. know, I, you know, I think there there was always panic from the the WKU fan base's side because they just they weren't used to someone like this picking Western Kentucky to play for. Uh, it was a very new experience for everyone involved. It was very shocking when Mitchell Robinson committed in the summer of 2016. You know, but he, even after he signed in November, people still talking. Will he transfer? Will he ask for out of his letter of intent? Will he decide to play professionally? Then assistant coach Shimon Williams, one of Mitchell Robinson's real good friends and, and considered a mentor. He left the program a couple of weeks ago, so then the rumors flared back up. Yeah. But he's he's on campus. He's enrolled in school. Uh, he's been working out, you know, uh, in in Diddle Arena. So I think as of right now, you know, as of this conversation, I have been given no indication that Mitchell Robinson won't be a hilltopper. Um, uh, he's planning to go with the team to Costa Rica in August and start the season. Uh, and be a you know one of the best freshmen that WK basketball has seen in quite some time. That's that's my understanding. I haven't heard otherwise. Yeah, you know, and I was actually you know yeah, I suspect you probably were too. As were a lot of many people around the country, kind of surprised when he wasn't selected to the to the U.S. squad. I think they certainly could have helped him. But he's a guy that come in no matter where he was going. I mean, if you if you watch the McDonald's game, you saw what he can do. I mean, he's just an unbelievable talent. Yeah, and, and I was impressed. I mean, you know, when he was selected, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to that McDonald's All-American team, I think a lot of the talk was, well, you know, look at his size, look at his, his athleticism, but the, the level of competition he has played, nobody really knows about that. But he certainly stood up, you know, to that competition in Chicago and then went on to the Jordan Brand Classic in Brooklyn, and I came away impressed. And, yeah. uh, you know, part, part of those experiences from my end was going to talk to some of those other kids and say, hey, tell me about Mitchell. Uh, is this a guy that could compete? And, 
you know, even some kids going to Louisville and UK and, and Duke and Kansas, they said, yeah, man, Mitchell Robinson could play anywhere in the country, anywhere he wanted. He's just that good. Uh, so I, I think he's definitely got all the tools. You know, they talk about a five-tool player in baseball. I think Mitchell Robinson's, you know, got all those those tools in basketball. He just has to learn how to condition himself, learn the playbook, learn how to, uh, you know, run up and down the floor for 40 minutes a game. If he begins to do that, I mean, he, he's going to be one of the best ever put on the red and white. It's certainly going to be an exciting season down there because of you know what Rick Stansberry's brought in, and as you mentioned, you know an entire new roster, and because of that, he's had to you know he's had to get creative in what he's going to do, and and to kind of help transition. One of the guys you got creative with is you know really the star of last year's team, Justin Johnson, is no longer really on the basketball roster per se. He's not a scholarship guy on the basketball team anymore. Now he's a guy for Mike Sanford over in football. I mean. I mean that's something I guess we recently saw you know with with Western with with George Fenton the the success story uh, you know that that became and it looks like Justin Johnson's going to try and follow in those footsteps. Yeah, it's, it, it is a very very interesting story. Justin Johnson went out for the football team, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in the spring to try to play a little tight end. It, it's something that he told us that he'd kind of been floating through his mind, uh, you know, for the past couple of years. I think what what Justin Johnson did is he saw that you know he's a six foot six six foot seven guy. Uh, you know, his, his future, it may be in the NBA, probably not that great, if we want to be honest. Uh, but his future as a tight end may be a little bit better. And he, he's really good friends with Mike White, the quarterback. He went and talked to Mike Sanford, the new football coach, about it. Uh, and he went out there and tried it out. And he decided this summer, hey, I want to give football a try. And so he's going to do that on scholarship. And he actually has two years left of eligibility if he wants to continue his football career. But then when football season's over, if he wants, he can join the basketball team as a walk-on. So imagine that scenario where Justin Johnson, you know, say has 400-some-odd yards receiving on the football team and then is coming off the bench for Rick Stansberry and bringing a, a double-double to the game every single time out. So that could be a huge lift for that basketball squad. And uh, he's just an exceptional athlete. So, you know, hopefully he'll be able to stay healthy and be able to play both and be productive in both as well. Yeah, I mean, he's already known as a banger, you know, in basketball. And I, I can't imagine, you know, the work that he's going to be doing in football, obviously going to tune his body even more. And, you know, and what a walk on that would be. But, you know, sticking with football, Mike Sanford, you know, obviously, you know, the, the Hilltoppers are the favorite to win the Conference USA title this year. It'll be their third consecutive, uh, you know, certainly strutting their things in Conference USA down there. Um, your sense on how things are progressing as they're starting to near, uh, kickoff for, for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers? Yeah, I think they're good. I think, you know, the, the coaching staff has really assimilated the, themselves to the roster and vice versa. Um, you know, they had a very, very good spring, as of course, as most teams do. I think the defense uh, will play a little bit faster to the ball under defensive coordinator Clayton White. they got a lot of guys coming back on that side of the ball. Uh, and offensively, I, I think they're going to be okay because I think they're going to kind of tune that system, you know, to their strengths. They lost Taewon Taylor and Nicholas Norris. But they got Mike White back at quarterback, so there may be a little more, more read option things. There may be some short, quick passes instead of stretching the field like in years past. It's going to be more of a, a Boise State-type offense for those guys. So I think there will be a little bit of an adjustment, but, but nothing uh, too crazy. Uh, you know, I think Mike Sanford has prepared himself for this position and this opportunity all these years that he's been an assistant coach. And, um, you know, I think all the players have really bought in uh, and they got a pretty light schedule this year relative to most folks, so I think they should be competitive and should be right there in the end competing for that East Division championship. 
Again, Chad Bishop from WBKO.com joining us. And, and Chad, I know obviously you do stuff daily, uh, you know, covering the Hilltoppers at WBKO.com. Uh, you also have a great podcast. So recommend any Hilltopper fan out there if you haven't, I can't imagine they haven't come across, uh, came across you yet, but if you haven't, Go check out WBKO.com. Uh, but before I let you go, um, you know, Conference USA have, have their media days uh, coming up. That's right around the schedule for them. Um, can you foresee any situation to where, you know, the voting there doesn't follow what the preseason expectations from a so-called experts are, and, and pinning Western as the preseason favorite? You know, I don't know. I, I've read so much this offseason and this summer. I know – there's some folks that think Middle Tennessee is a big-time yeah. uh, contender. I think, you know, Old Dominion has shown in the past few years they continue to grow. You know, Las Vegas came out today and said Western Kentucky is definitely the favorite to win Conference USA. But uh, you just never know. I, I think the, the wild card here is Mike Sanford being the first-year coach. So you could mm-hmm. have some media members, uh, some coaches say, you know, we're not quite sure, and, and Taewon Taylor's gone, and Anthony Wales is gone, and uh, Nicholas Norris is gone, Forrest Lamp is gone. Maybe they'll take a little bit small step back. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the East Division there might be a split vote or maybe Western gets more first-place votes but, but doesn't kind of sweep that category. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were even, you know, picked to fi- finish second, and uh, that'll be okay with them. If, if they're picked second, they'll say, you know, we're going to prove everybody wrong. If they're picked yep. first, they'll say we don't care about preseason <laughs> expectations. You know, you yeah, know how it goes, yeah. all the cliches. So, yeah, we don't pay attention uh, unless we don't pick first, yeah. and then, you know, then we're motivated. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it'll probably work out. They'll make the best of it, whatever happens. Well, hey, Chad, I appreciate you hopping in with us here in the Afternoon of Dogs. Always great stuff from you. And, again, check out his work at, at WBKO.com. You, have, you know, Rick Stansberry's really busy in his staff right now, you know, going out and through this July evaluation period. You've got a nice listing of some of the guys that they're uh, looking at, a nice mix of in-state as well as out-of-state kids. So go check that out. But, uh, Chad, appreciate your time, and uh, maybe we'll get you up here for Louder Than Life later uh, this fall. Excellent. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Again, that's Chad Bishop from WBKO joining us here to talk a little Western Kentucky Hilltoppers with the Afternoon Underdogs. When we come back, we're going to switch things back to the University of Louisville side. We're going to talk some women's basketball with Cardinals assistant Sam Purcell, who's been busy doing the recruiting thing because of the July evaluation period. So we're going to pick his brain on that as well as how the, the current team is looking as they start to gear up for the upcoming season. Sitting in for Tony and Dave, I'm Michael McCam, and this is 790 KRD. Welcome back to the Afternoon Underdogs. Here's some forecastle music for you. Little Cage the Elephant. Some guys done well from out of Bowling Green. We were just talking some Western Kentucky. There's some uh, guys right out of the right off the hill themselves. Going to be one of the headliners out of Forecastle this weekend. Again, if you're heading out there, be safe. Have a lot of fun. Should be a great weekend. A lot of hot, a lot of heat coming your way. So stay hydrated with water in addition to all your other favorite beverages. Excited to bring in on our next guest from the University of Louisville Women's Basketball Program, Assistant Sam Purcell, joining us here on the Afternoon Underdogs. Coach Purcell, it's been a busy week for you. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. <laughs> First of all, thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm glad to be off the road for a little bit. And uh, we had an awesome first week uh, of recruiting. Yeah, I mean, this is a, the July evaluation period got going. I guess it was really last Wednesday for you guys, and continued on for about a, about a week. And and I don't know, I don't know how you got the the lucky draw, but you were the one that got chosen to to stay here in Louisville. I mean, there's a lot going on here. Obviously, uh, 66 courts over at the Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center, which had hundreds of girls uh, over there showing their talent. Also at the Mid Mid America uh, Sports Complex in J Town. So a lot of what was happening around the country. 
this a lot of this was ground zero, and you, you got uh, I don't know what you did, but you were able to stay home and sleep in your own bed, and then go out and work all day. <laughs> You're right, man. I uh, my my boss, Coach Walls, a, a, a huge Starbucks card for uh, let me stay go. home. Uh, I've got three for one, so it was a, a two for one because uh, this tournament uh, that went on this past week uh, was in Nashville last year, yeah. and uh, some people here in Louisville got together uh, and got it moved, and it was absolutely huge for us because you know Louisville uh, on a national stage, we're east and west coast. Yeah. Uh, with the people that were able to recruit. So this was a free opportunity with these recruits who were tied in with their AAU programs uh, to travel to the tournament that was hosted here in Louisville and uh, get an early opportunity just to view our city, our school. Uh, we weren't able to have contact with them, um, but when they were not playing games, they were, you know, they were out and about um, this past week. I mean, that's got to be, you know, without really being a quote unquote recruiting visit, you can't ask for much more. I mean, this is, you know, these, you know, whenever they're go- going to these type of events, you know, obviously the highlight is playing, the, playing the games, but let's be serious. I mean, they like to go out and enjoy what the, the environment of the community that they're in, you know, they want to go, you know, for some of these high level, uh, athletes are like, Hey, we're close to the University of Louisville. They're recruiting me. I'm going to drive by and swing by and check that out. I mean, you, you can't get much better of a recruiting visit without even having to organize anything for yourself. No, you're 100% right. You know, it, it's what attracted me to this job. You know, it's, uh, it's why I love living here. Um, it's just a great town. Yeah. And, you know, it's one thing for us uh, as recruiters to be on the phone and, uh, and talk about it, but it's another thing for these young ladies to uh, fly in and see for themselves. Now, you know, obviously we can't talk any names or anything, but I saw you out there as well as, you know, you know, coach from every school across the country from, you know, from the elite level like you guys, you know, and throughout the ACC, all, you know, through all levels. We're out, uh, throughout Louisville watching these girls play, uh, over the last week. Um, from a coach's perspective, because as I mentioned, just at the fairgrounds alone, there were 66 courts, you know, which means there's, there's teams coming in from all over the country and there's girls that you're record, recruiting that might be on, you know, court 20 and then court 54, you know, 40 minutes later. I mean, do you, do you do much running between the courts? <laughs> you know, it's funny you bring that up. <laughs> My wife and me have some friendly competitions with uh, our, our uh, Apple watches. Oh, yeah. Uh, where we try to get 10,000 steps a day. So, uh, <laughs> I easily uh, I've made my uh, my goal uh, for all five days out on the uh, on the on the trail. Just because, like you said, we uh, we do a great job as a staff, and it starts with Coach Walls of having us organized and you know what game we're going here. So I have this awesome sheet of paper. So as soon as one ends, I'm sprinting <laughs> to the next. And uh, you know what, we found a way to make it happen. That's good. You know, and there were some really impressive talent. Uh, Jody and I were both out there covering the event ourselves. You know, keeping an eye out on who you're keeping an eye out. And obviously, if if you're interested in checking those out, those listening, you can go to CardinalAuthority.com. Get a, kind of get an idea and a sense uh, of some of the talent that's out there that the that you guys are looking at. But you know, really impressive talent level. I mean, we were talking. I mean, we saw the number one player in the country in 2019. You know, no, multiple people that have played for or are currently on the USA roster. Um, so, really impressive, uh, you know, level of talent out there. Oh, it is. It is. Women's basketball is just, it's going to a whole nother level. Uh, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and because of social media, uh, the general public is well more aware. Uh, of, of women's basketball, you know, players who do something special. And I've had two mm-hmm. or three people that said, you know, online, like, oh, my gosh, I'm reading about high school kids, females, mm-hmm. that are dunking in games. Yeah. 
And I knew, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, you know, that just wasn't uh, heard of. And now that you can have three to four, you know, five young ladies out there that are, are dunking the ball, it's just scary to think what women's basketball is going to be in the next 10 years. And again, we're joined by University of Louisville women's basketball assistant Sam Purcell, uh, who, who just wrapped up a, a very important week of, of recruiting. And, and we'll continue on later in the month. But, you know, one of the things that I noticed uh, while out, you know, at the fairgrounds and at the, and the other locations was, uh, as you mentioned, how this, the sport is growing one of the current trends that seems to really be picking up recently is you know in years past you know if, if you got over six foot you were kind of automatically pegged by your high school coach your AU coach to be kind of more of a post player and now you know going out there you're seeing these girls that are six foot six one six two out there running point <laughs> yeah it is you're right it's right i know we we uh, we, we marked three young ladies down that were seventh graders i think that we were joking about in the office that are six four <laughs> <laughs> wow! So it, it, I, you know, I think I'm going to give credit to the uh, educational school system with the milk that they're providing <laughs> these uh, young ladies in kindergarten in the meal plan. Uh, you know, it, the milk's doing the body good. Yeah, you know, but it, it's interesting to see how you know the, the, kind of that mold has been broken. It's like you know, just because you're going to be six two, six three, you know, you could stay out front. I mean, you've been working on your ball handles. You know, let, let you keep your skills, and you know, so it's uh, you know, to me, I think an exciting trend because you know, it's just going to keep making uh, the, the game even more exciting. But let's get over you know to your team. As I mentioned, you know, the, the U.S. teams out there. You've got a couple girls that just got invited in Asia Durr and Maisha Hines Allen uh, to to go out to Colorado Springs and try out for the, the U.S. squad. How big is that? for not only them but for the team in itself yeah no it's huge you know it's, it's a great accomplishment because it's two young ladies that have put in work that first of all deserve that uh that honor you know to have a try have a chance there's 40 other uh college players that will uh, that will be competing uh for a spot to uh you know play for our country and then uh, it's ironic that you know obviously coach walls is will be the head coach, so it's you know it's, it's it's almost a double pleasure. Yeah, you know you get to play with somebody that you know and uh, you know represent your country. But you know what people need to understand, and I've had some people ask me, is like, oh, well, coach will just pick now. You know he, that's not how USA basketball works. No. there's a selection committee outside of Coach Walls and the assistant that pick that team, and just at that point, when the, the team is decided from forty, then he's able to coach. So we're all crossing our fingers. They've been working hard to. Stay in shape, and uh, you know, hopefully, make that team. You know, and certainly that that helps to kind of tie in the, the recruiting aspect of it. You know, having that type of exposure, you know, those two going to have the opportunity to try out and certainly have a good chance of making the squad. Obviously, Jeff Walls, as you mentioned, being the head coach, certainly great exposure. You know, for the program, not for what's just going on currently, but for those girls that like the, that you were just out watching. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and you know, and it started with what Jeff did here ten years ago, you know, and what the fan base has, has provided here. You know, I've been here now going on my fifth year, and you know, when you talk women's basketball, Louisville, it's an elite level already. Yeah, uh, you know that he's gotten this program to national championships. The fan base is, you know, top three in the country. Um, so it's awesome to see this next level with USA basketball opportunities. Uh, come about and coach has been you know a part of it for the last three years and now we're recruiting the right players that are getting those moments including angel who's been on the olympic gold team and has won a goal so it's uh it's really good time to be a, a louisville cardinal uh, women's basketball fan now while you guys are out uh, you know spread across the country and watching the future uh players and trying to attract them uh, to become uh, cardinals you know, you you do have a roster here back in Louisville. What kind of things are they doing? I suspect a lot of workouts on their own, or or what are they going through this time of year? 
Yeah, great question. Uh, right now, they're, you know, first and foremost, they're, they're taking care of their academics. Yep. You know, this is a great time when we're not traveling, that maybe a class is a little bit hard that you want to take where, you know, you're, you're, you know, in the heart of the season that you can really just, you know, focus in and, uh, and you know, put forth your best effort. Um, and then others are trying to, you know, get in the best shape of their life. You know, some is an opportunity to change your body, you know, get stronger, lose weight. You know, every kid's got something that they're, uh, they're, they're trying to do in an individual plan. And then third and foremost, it's having fun. You know, that's why they come to school. You know, they're, they're having a good time. They're making friends. They're, they're loving the sunshine. And, uh, uh, you know, and they're working hard and getting plenty of shots up. And we're all eager about next year. Uh, next year's team and the opportunities that lie ahead of us, and hopefully uh, we can make it to the Final Four in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, how nice is that? For our fan base to drive. Yeah, I mean that's 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 perfect. I mean you can't get much you know a better locale than that. And you mentioned next year's squad. Obviously, you do have to replace some parts. I mean that, that's that's part of the of the college game. But certainly, you did have a lot of youngsters. And then when you, you know, as I mentioned, when you've got a pair in Asia Durin, Maisha Hans Allen coming back on your roster, you, you ought to feel pretty comfortable and confident about what you got coming back. Oh, we do. We do. We're extremely excited, you know, in those two. And then, you know, you got Kylie Shook. Kylie yeah. Shook, you know, that we talk to, you know, we tell everybody, time. college is a process. I think a lot of people want instant results, and they forget that in four years, that's, you know, that's the growth of a player. And, you know, Kylie's putting on 25 pounds of muscle. Wow. I mean, she was, you know, peeking out at the end of the year. Um, Sydney uh, Sobrato uh, is shooting lights out. Erica Carter, who was a starter for us two years ago, is coming off a red shirt year, which she took off that, you know, fans will get to see her again. So we've got a lot, a lot of great players outside of, obviously, Asia and Maisha uh, that we're thrilled about, including three freshmen who are on campus now. Uh, who we're getting after, and I definitely think we'll be able to contribute uh, to next year's team. Exciting. You know, last question for you again. This is uh, Sam Purcell, University of Louisville women's basketball assistant. You know, playing in the ACC, how much, you know, obviously that makes the, dif- the, the schedule difficult, but at the same time, that's really one of the things that attracts these girls to come to UVL is to play such a tough and exciting schedule. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It's the best, uh, you know, best conference in the country, not only for women's basketball, but, you know, you look at what men's basketball did with the NBA draft yeah. and how many first and second rounders. It's, it's the best of the best. And you get to travel in great areas, you get to play in great venues. And there's no doubt when, uh, you know, the University of Louisville made that jump into ACC, that only helped us more in, in recruiting these fine athletes. Coach Purcell, appreciate you taking some time to join us in the afternoon, Underdogs. No, I love it. Go Cards, and everybody have a great weekend. I appreciate it. You have a great weekend as well. And, again, that's Sam Purcell, University of Louisville women's uh, basketball assistant coach, sounding very bullish on what the Cardinals can do next year, and I think for for good reason. We're going to catch a break. When we come back, we're going to hear a little quotes from Bobby Petrino yesterday that we didn't get to uh, from the ACC kickoff meetings. And then coming up later, uh, top of the hour, we've got Jody Demley. going to be checking in uh, with us live as he's checking out uh, some of the July evaluation stuff on who Rick Pitino and his staff are looking at. Also have uh, Kevin Manning coming in. He's the head coach at Walden Basketball and also the front man for the, the, the local rock band, Velvet Saints, are going to be open up for Bush sometime soon. So stick with us. A lot of more exciting things coming up here on the Afternoon Underdogs on 790 KRD. This report is... Welcome back into the Afternoon Underdogs. Sitting in for Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings, who are both on vacation. I am from CardinalAuthority.com, Michael McCammon. Want to thank the guests that we've had thus far on the show. Dan Carell from the Courier Journal does a great job covering Louisville City FC. Who, again, if you just heard the promo, have a huge match 
tomorrow night at Louisville Slugger Field. Probably going to set up a new uh, club record for attendance. They did it last year when they played this team out there, drawing over 10,000 people. So get out there, support Louisville FC, Louisville City FC. And, and, and as Dan recommended, it is forecast a weekend, so give yourself a little bit extra time. Maybe enjoy the atmosphere a little bit or, or head down to, head down to Forecastle for a little bit and then skip out and watch some soccer for a little bit. So I want to thank him for joining us during the first hour. Also from WBKO, helped us start off the second hour, uh, Chad Bishop talking everything Western Kentucky. If you missed it, after the show's over, give us, give us just a couple minutes and we'll have the podcast up at 790KRD. Good stuff there from him. University of Louisville women's basketball sits in Sam Purcell was with us in the last segment, uh, you know, talking a little recruiting, what to expect. I like the, I like hearing the excitement in his voice. Uh, you know, he mentioned Final Four. So hopefully they can get to the Final Four again, which is going to be in Columbus, Ohio this year. An easy trip for Cardinal fans. So you got to like the excitement when one of the members of the coaching staff is uttering the words Final Four about the upcoming season. Are going to get to some sound from Bobby Petrino from the ACC kickoff yesterday that we didn't get to yesterday. Uh, he, he spoke with the media, you know, in addition to, you know, a couple other times. I mean, it's really a madhouse at these things. If you, you know, it's, it, you kind of almost want to have a drone and just kind of fly around so you can kind of witness everything that there is. But there's so many different interview sessions that they go through and they start off, uh, in, in a large room where media from all around the different markets, National media, they're all in there. All the TV cameras are on their tripods. You know, we're talking, you know, 100 or so media members in there. Really cool backdrop with the school logo and name and all that kind of stuff going on. Starts off with an opening statement. Then they, they, they allow the players to come up. They get about four or five questions each. And then the coach comes back up, comes back up on the stage for a Q&A. And I want to get to some of that, uh, that sound here in just a minute. But, you know, going back to what he said, though, yesterday, especially when talking about Lamar Jackson, uh, about, you know, what he anticipates, uh, from his junior quarterback, obviously the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. He expects and is hoping to see a lot of, uh, improvement, which sounds funny when you're talking about a Heisman Trophy winner. But for those that watched, I mean, there are certain areas, and Lamar often, you know, told us about it himself. He did yesterday at the ACC kickoff. Yeah, there's some areas that uh, that he can improve on. Lamar himself said immediately, consistency, consistency in multiple areas, which Bobby Petrino kind of laid out. You know, one of those is working under center, being a little more disciplined when the ball's in your hand. Don't just give it a second and then take off if nobody's open. Which means go through your progressions. Don't just glance over to that first guy. Look at number two, number three, give the, the tight ends a look, see what's available out there for you. Trust the running game was another one of those areas, which means don't be afraid to hand the ball off to the running back when the play calls for you handing the ball off to the running back. You know, which of course when you when you see what Lamar's done, you know, and he's he's on the verge of breaking rushing records as a quarterback uh, at the University of Louisville. Coach Petrino wasn't saying, Hey, we're not gonna let him run the ball. Because one of his comments later in the day was, we've got a philosophy at the University of Louisville. And we heard this during his first tenure when he was at UofL. And we continue to hear it now during his second tenure. And if it's working, why, why change it? And that's FTS, feed the studs. And he says, clearly, obviously, Lamar Jackson is one of our studs. So we're not going to take chances away from him. We're not going to you know, give the ball to other people all the time. 
We just want them to be smarter in distributing it. That's a hard word for me to say, distributing. So you're still going to see, you know, you're going to still see Lamar run. You're going to see some option. But he wants them to be more disciplined on when to do it, when not to do it, when to fake it. Some of that comment, some of the comments that came from Bobby Petrino yesterday was he wants to get Reggie Bonifon. He wants to double the touches for Reggie this fall. Who currently, if you if you look at the the depth chart, which again, don't take it as gospel. It's not really Bobby Petrino's depth chart, as he said jokingly. I probably haven't even looked at it, which is probably true. But Reggie Bonifon currently the number one running back listed on that depth chart. But Bobby did say he wants to double the touches. For the the senior multi-spot athlete, product out of Trinity High School. And Lamar himself, you know, when asked, you know, what what weapons are coming back that you're excited to have back without even taking a breath? Reggie Bonifon, number seven. Those two are very tight. So excited to see, you know, how that continues to develop in the backfield with 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 uh, Lamar and Reggie, two, ath- two just pure athletes that can do so many different things. Obviously, we know that Lamar can run and pass. We know that Reggie can run, pass, catch. I'm a big proponent of seeing Lamar throw a little quick screen, a backwards pass screen to, to Reggie, get all the defense running for him, and then all of a sudden Reggie just cocks back and throws a 30-yard bomb down the field to Jalen Smith or Des Fitzpatrick, Seth Dawkins, Travion Samuel, on and on and on and on and on. Really excited, if you can't tell about that, off that uh, the wide receiving core. So a lot of positives, you know, for this Louisville football team as they're coming in. Again, the question mark continues to the that the question mark continues to hover around that offensive line because of the way the season ended. Uh, but we talked a little bit about that yesterday with the hiring of Mike Summers and and what that means for the for the team and the the recruiting and the, that they've done and and just the the change in philosophy and how much that'll that'll change. I mean, you really they can't go any further backwards than they did for the last couple of games of the season. But a lot of anticipation that they will be uh, much improved as the season gets rolling on September second against Purdue. And before I get to some of this sound from Bobby Petrino, you know, I, I glance at this schedule and, and and I've kind of toyed with it the last few days looking down at it and and as when you talk to coaches and players, you know, you, you know what they say. Well, we just go week by week. Whatever games coming up next on the schedule is the most important. And you know, it, clearly that truly is the case because if you want to accomplish which you love hearing them talk about their goals of their two favorite, their the games they're looking forward to the most, ACC championship, NCAA championship, college football playoff championship. But to do that, obviously you've got to take take each game game by game. But those of us who aren't putting on the helmet and the shoulder pads and the cleats, we can have a little fun with it. We look down the schedule and there's clearly games that you're like, all right, Louisville's going to win this game. They're going to be they're going to blow out Kent State. They're going to blow out Murray State. They should blow out Boston College, although. The Eagles do have a solid defense, but they should they should beat Boston College. They should beat Virginia. They should beat Syracuse. So when you start looking at the schedule, who are the who are, what are the, the 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 most important games? What are the top six games? Let's start there. Top six games. 
you got to start with your opener, no matter who it is, because you want to start on a positive note. I mean, in college football, it's not like college basketball. If you lose, it gets things get really hard. Now, granted, the opener against Purdue is an out of conference game, so in theory, you run the table in ACC, you can still get to the playoff, yada yada yada. But you really don't want to start off zero and one. So, especially when the the coach on the other side of the line is a former assistant, former player. Wish them best of luck, but you want to pound them. And I think Louisville will. I think uh, you know, Jeff Brom and his style of offense, which is going to look very familiar to what Louisville does, plus some trick plays. Jeff is great at throwing up some trick plays that do well. Not just doesn't do trick plays, but his trick plays work. So that's something, obviously, the Louisville defense will prepare for. But the game up in Indianapolis on September 2nd, you want to get up on a positive note. I think Louisville will, you know, once the fourth quarter, quarter runs around, start to get a little bit more comfortable. And then they open up the ACC. you got to put this amongst the most important schedule. Your first league game at North Carolina. The Tar Heels are going to be replacing a lot. But it's a game the players and coaches can't go in thinking the Tar Heels are going to be replacing a lot. But it's one that Louisville, if they go in and they play their game, should defeat North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And then, obviously, Week 3 is one of the biggest games on the schedule. Clemson coming into Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Certainly one of the top six games on the schedule. They're replacing Deshaun Watson, a number of other key factors on both sides of the ball. This looks like one, as I've said it, I think this is the year that Louisville gets over the Clemson hump and takes over at least that number 2 spot in the Atlantic Division as you start to look further down that schedule. So Purdue, North Carolina, Clemson, they're all in my top three most important games if you're, if you're we're whittling it down to six. October 5th, the Cardinals travel to Raleigh, North Carolina to take on North Carolina State, who I think is going to be a very dangerous team this year. They've got their own anticipations of winning the Atlantic Division this year, and rightfully so. They've got a lot of talent coming back. They do have to replace some talent in the, at the running back spot, but I think they've got the depth to do there, and that's certainly a game, especially being in Raleigh, it's, it's going to be a tough one. So, to me, that's almost a coin flip game. It's one that Louisville's got to really obviously live in their turnovers and not hurt themselves. If they can do that, I think they come out the victory. But NC State's got, you know, other plans, obviously. Then Boston College next week, that's one Louisville should win. Then, obviously, the big game everybody's anticipating October 21st down in Tallahassee against Florida State, the, the, the clear favorite of the ACC this year, at least by the so called experts. A game they're probably waiting and waiting on. They have been waiting on since last year when Louisville put up 63 points on them at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. That one is one, you know, if you're going to be honest, you have to think the Cardinals are going to get an L. You think that that's, they're going to drop a game there? And I think if things go right, that could be probably their first loss of the, of the year. Of course, they play the game because you don't know who's going to win. No one expected Louisville to throw up 63 points on Florida State last year. And they did. So you never know what's going to happen. But certainly that Florida State game is huge. And then the sixth among the top six games of the year is the season finale in Lexington. Louisville needs to do a little payback against the Wildcats. You know, And a lot of that's going to depend on how well Lamar does, how he continues to progress. And Bobby Petrino was asked yesterday, what are some of the things you're focusing in on having him improve on? And as Bobby says... Many things. Yeah, we we harp on more than one. You know, that, and I think one of the things that's that's great about Lamar is he likes being coached. 
Um, he listens. He, he really tries to, to do what you ask him to do. Um, and he sees himself getting better. And again, the, the, I say the top three things that we really worked on, number one was going through his progression reads, getting from one to two to three, um, understanding you know, some combination patterns that we throw, where I go if it's single high, where I go if it's too high. So just really understanding the, the defense and letting the defense dictate where you throw the football. Um, the next thing was his sets. Like I said, when he sets in the pocket and he gets his back leg under his under his hip, he can zip it and be accurate and, and throw the ball as good as anybody I've, I've been around. Um, and then the last part was being 100% in the run game. You know, we put a lot of pressure on Lamar because he doesn't only have to make decisions in the passing game, but he has to make decisions in the run game. So he just has to be real disciplined and and uh, good with his eyes and, and make the decision and, and uh, not guess. You know, sometimes he would get in trouble last year if he guessed or, or thought he could, um, you know, get the wrong read but still beat him. So he worked hard at that, and he's, he's doing a great job with it. Coach, camera platform in the very back, far left, second row. Hey, Coach Petrino, Mark Larson, Spectrum News, Syracuse. Uh, looking back, you've got the highest winning percentage in Louisville football history. Uh, your team plays in a tough conference, though, as you said, with Florida State and Clemson. I was wondering if you felt you were appreciated and the program's appreciated around the country. Uh, that's, not, that's not for me to say. I, I feel like I'm uh, one of the luckiest guys in the world. You know, I grew up a coach's son. I went right into coaching. That's all I've done. That's all I know. I get to go work with young guys every day and try to help them excel, try to help give them self-confidence and do something that I love to do. I've never felt like I have a job. It's just a, a way of life for me. Coach, we're going to try to squeeze two last questions in within five minutes, and we'll do it here to our right. Mark Ennis, ESPNLouisville.com. Uh, was curious if you could just explain a little specifically how you came to zero in on Peter Sermon as the guy to replace Todd Grantham as defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, you, you try to be prepared and, and have guys that you think are going to replace guys on your staff and keep files and, and work through it. Um, I've actually been watching Peter for a, a long, long time. Uh, I had the opportunity when I was an assistant coach at the University of Idaho that his older brother, John, was our best defensive tackle on the team. And we tried really hard to start recruiting Peter when he was in eighth grade, freshman, um, he ended up going to the University of Oregon, so I followed his career there. And then I ended up coaching against him when I was with the Jaguars and he was with the Titans. Now, I don't like the Titans much. Um, you know, we were 15-3 and three one year, and all three losses were to the Titans. So when he first sat down in the interview, the first thing I said to him was, I said, you know, Peter, I hate the Titans. Um, but he's just done a, a great job wherever he's been. Uh, I also coached against him when he was at, at Tennessee, um, and he, he's just a, a great teacher, a great motivator. He's been in the players' shoes. You know, he's went through what they have to do in, in recruiting. He's went through what you have to do in the grind and how you get your body ready to play and then how you go out and perform. So um, I'm really excited that he's on our staff. And I have to tell you, you know, from my brief experience with, with Coach Sermon as well through spring, very impressed uh, by what he's done uh, with his side of the ball, 
looking really looking forward to how he's going to handle things because I think he's, we're going to see multiple different formations. Uh, and the players, uh, in talking to them, have really fallen in love with him and his style and his appreciation for their efforts, not only on the field but off the field as well. So I think it's going to be a great addition uh, to the Cardinals football staff. When we come back, we're going to hook up with Jody Demling, host of the Cardinal Insider, who you can hear here at 530. Uh, it won't be long from now, but we're going to talk a little basketball recruiting with him. Uh, so you're going to want to stick around for that. I'm Michael McCam, and in for Tony and Dave on the Afternoon Underdogs on 790 KRD. It's the Afternoon Underdogs, brought to you by AirServe on Cards Radio 790KRD. Now, here's Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings. Welcome into hour number three here on the Afternoon Underdogs. I'm Michael McCammon. Enjoying the opportunity to sit in for Tony and Dave. We're on vacation this week. They will return uh, next week, so make sure you give them a buzz and welcome them back in just the, the right way that I know you guys know how to do. Want to thank the guests that we've had so far. Dan Carell from the Courier Journal, uh, talking with the Courier Journal, uh, Louisville City FC. Enjoyed having him on. Excited to bring in our next guest. Busy, one of the busiest guys from around right now. Jody Demling joining us. Not sure what state you're in, Jody. Where are you right now? Honestly, I don't know. No, I'm in. Uh, I'm in actually. I'm in South Carolina, but I think I'm going to be headed to Georgia here again soon. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Yeah, I think you've been to Georgia, North Carolina for the ACC. Now you're in South Carolina and heading back maybe to the Peach State. And, of course, some of that in North Carolina was for the ACC kickoff. Did great coverage from that. But right now I want to talk to you about why you're going to Georgia and South Carolina. And that's the July evaluation period keeping you busy. And and I know, obviously – the one everybody wants to, to hear about first is, is Romeo Langford. I know Coach Patino and his staff are keeping, obviously, very close eyes on him. And the news today is he's there but didn't play. Yeah, and they're actually they're, just, they're warming up right now. That's why when uh, you called me, I didn't answer the phone first. Uh, they're warming <laughs> up right now, and I was trying to figure out. He, he went through about a 30-minute massage and uh, kind of get to get stretched with the trainers, and it looks like he's probably going to be shut down for a while. He's got wow. this back issue that – happened with Team USA when they were in uh, in Egypt, and you just can't get over it. So he's not playing right now. Coach Patino, uh, Kenny Johnson's here. Kenny Johnson, the last game, Romeo Langford was was uh, was not playing, sitting on the bench, and Kenny Johnson just sat across the bench, you know, across where they, the coaches can sit and kind of watch Romeo as he just watched his teammates. <laughs> hey, it was like, man, oh, man, you know I mean? It's, it's just one of those deals. That's just the way, that's the way recruiting is. Yeah. It's, it's more... You know, they've evaluated these kids. They know who they want. This It's more about kind of babysitting almost. I hate to use that term, but that's kind of really what it's like is almost like babysitting now. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to continually show the love because the moment you don't, that's when they notice. Yeah, you know, and like right now, Courtney Ramey's playing on one court. Romeo's playing on, on the other court. Um, you know, Kenny just got finished watching Armando Bacot, who is a uh, a six foot nine, 2019 kid in the top ten. Uh, and then he spent a little time watching Akoka Kok, who is a six-seven uh, kind of wing kid uh, from the Mass Rivals team. And Louisville, look, they're in they're in really good with some 2019 kids, and they're they're showing those guys the love this week. And and uh, I you know I don't think they're close to a commitment with any of those guys, but 
man, I mean, they're really uh, they're really in on some talent right now. You know, and, and Coach Patino has said multiple times that recruiting is going better than it really ever has uh, currently, and that's certainly looking like the case. Louisville currently in the 2018 class, sitting at number two in the Scout.com rankings with another a, a pair of really nice commitments. Obviously, they'd like to bring Romeo into that uh, fold as well. Um, any other any new 2018 names thus far out there? Uh, Emmanuel Bates is a kid they had been tinkering, messing with a little bit. Darius Day is a kid. They've been messing with those guys a little bit. And those guys have now, I think after this week, will become priority guys, you know, guys that move way up the list. The problem is Louisville needs a center in this 2018 class, and it's just, it's awful. I mean, the, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's only six kids, there's only four kids in the top 100 who are uncommitted centers right now in our scout.com top 100. But there's only 10 of the top 100 are center. Usually, you know, big guys are at a premium. And, yeah. man, big guys this time, there are just not many out there. And the ones that are out there, just they're not, they're not very good. And, and so it's really hard. And I'm going to be interested to see, do they go to the junior college route and look, at least look for somebody, <laughs> or maybe, uh, you know, a European guy or something like that. Because, you know, right now I, I don't see a guy right now that can, even Moses Brown, Who's the number two player in the country? We and I just put a story up on our yeah, I was gonna, our just about to ask you. Our website, uh, dot com that you know he said Louisville's making him a priority and 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 they are, but even him, I don't know. You know, he's the number two ranked center in the country, the number six player in the country, but I don't know that he's a kid that's going to come in and, I, and and again, I'm not going to ever call a kid in the top ten a project, but he's a kid who would take a little time to come in and. Uh, uh, and kind of get adjusted, I think, and that's just the that's just the way this class is, this 2018 class is, and that's why it's so key that Louisville has two really good commitments in this class because it's just not a very deep or very good class. Yeah, and it sounds like you know 2019, as you mentioned, they're in with a number of talented kids. A 2020 class, I know they're in extremely tight. You reported on this uh, two days ago before you headed to the ACC uh, kickoff meeting. That's uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr., who the coaches got an opportunity to see. They've had him in for a visit. Now they got a chance to really see him compete, and, and he didn't disappoint. Yeah, no, he is uh, he very very much so, and uh, you know he's just about five eleven right now. They they list him at six one, but he's five eleven. And, uh, you know, he's a kid that I think has got a, cha- has got a real chance to be special. Uh, he, he does, he, he gets, he gets his buckets. He does all that. He can score. He can handle it. Now, when he develops into a, uh, you know, when he gets a little older, gets a little bigger and develops his skill even more, I, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be big time. I-, I love the kid. And I think that, uh, you know, when you look at him and you see, uh, when you see what he can, when you see what he can do at this age to the kids his age, um, yeah, he, he's talented. And his dad, I mean, you know what? He looks a lot like his dad. He's just not big enough. I was <laughs> Similar like, haircut. So even. I was talking to, I was he does the haircut. I was talking to Jamal. I was like, man, where you know what what happened? And he was like, yeah, I know. It's you know, I mean, he's just he's just not very big. <laughs> yeah, you know, but the, as you mentioned, just 2020 kids, so he can keep growing. Before we do let you go, and obviously you're doing a great job with, with the hot boards you know, for people who want to keep up to date at CardinalAuthority.com. And again, we're talking with Jody Demling, publisher from Cardinal Authority, also the host of Cardinal Insider here on 790 KRD. Uh, you, you've got great hot boards for 18, 19, you know, the, even the, the 20 class there at CardinalAuthority.com. But before we let you go, and I know you, you know, obviously it's very busy uh, when you're at these events, uh, but uh, just, I guess, put a wrap on your your thoughts on how the ACC kickoff meetings went for Louisville. You know, I thought Louisville, I thought, um, you know, 
It was going to, a lot of people were talking about how would Louisville handle the pressure, the attention that Lamar was going to get. I thought they did great. I thought they, um, you know, they know, they know it's going to be a test, you know, a test this year for them to keep, you know, everything grounded, to keep him grounded, everything grounded. It's just, it's just different. There's so much pressure, so much attention, so many things that you have to look at. And, uh, and I thought that they did a very, very good job and, uh, you know, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun year. It's gonna be a real fun uh, season. I didn't see uh, have the teams haven't come out yet, have they? The no, Auburn I think they come teams? out over the weekend. Okay, yeah, because I, I I voted uh, yesterday, last night, and uh, you know I voted Louisville second. I really believe that. I really yep. think that they're going to take down. Uh, I, you know, obviously Clemson will be the one this year at home. I think the Florida State game is going to be really hard because Florida State's probably pretty ticked off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was talking about that just a little bit um, but, ago. But I really, I really do think Louisville's going to beat Clemson, and I think they win the other games in their conference. I think they're going to have a great season. I, I do too. You know, and how about Jamar, Jair Alexander? I like how he told you yesterday. I enjoy having the camera, cameras in my face, and he really does. Yeah, no, he totally, <laughs> he totally does. By the way, uh, tonight when I do the Cardinal Insider uh, from here on the road, uh, I got a great segment. Paul Rogers and I did. Uh, all with the with the director of rules, uh, the director of officiating, Dennis Hennigan from the uh, ACC. Nice. And it's probably about. Uh, it's, I'll probably run in a little after the six o'clock hour, but it is a. Uh, it's really telling to me uh, with that 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 everybody in the country really wants to put a. Uh, uh, they want to put a focus on coaches' decorum on the sideline and how they don't yeah. get out of control, and it's an automatic fifteen yard penalty. And so he talks about that quite a bit and some other changes. So that'll be on just after 6. Good stuff. Jody, appreciate you taking some right. time. Again, that's uh, Jody Demling, and you can hear him. As you mentioned, he just gave himself a little unplug. It'll start the Cardinal Insider at 5.30, uh, so you want to stick around for that. And really, that's really the biggest rule change this year. He was referencing that, uh, trying to keep the, the coaches in check. They don't want them running out, uh, you know, making a, a scene of themselves out on the football field. And, if you know, if they do... Which it's going to be interesting, especially early in the season. It's going to probably take a little bit getting used to. It's going to draw a flag and a 15 yard penalty on your team. So, you know, kind of like getting a technical, uh, from a coach in, on, in basketball, but appreciate his time. And again, uh, check out all the recruiting coverage. He, he's got it going on constantly, uh, at cardinalauthority.com while he's checking out, uh, the, the various AEU camps that are currently going on. And as you heard, uh, Romeo Langford sounds like he's, he might be sitting for a while as he continues to struggle with his back spasms. But even when I'm sitting, even even with him sitting, the UVL coaches are sitting there watching him sit. How exciting must that be? Do you want to catch our next break? When we come back, we're going to talk to Walden basketball head coach uh, Kevin Manning, who also, you know, on the side, if you want to call it that, uh, is a lead singer of popular rock band here from Louisville, Velvet Saints, and uh, just announced they're going to be opening for Bush at Fort Street Live coming up soon. So a little more on that as well. So stick with us here on the Afternoon Underdog. Welcome back into the Afternoon Underdogs. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. I'm Michael McCammon. Been sitting in for Tony and Dave the last few days. Have enjoyed it. It's a big it's a big weekend for Louisville. If you're into the music thing, forecastle getting underway. So if you're headed down there, be safe. Big soccer game tomorrow night, Louisville City. Welcome in FC Cincinnati to Slugger Field. Potential record breaking crowd expected out there at Slugger Field. A lot of things to do. Excited to bring on our, our final guest of the day, Kevin Manning, who's a head coach over Walden basketball, but also lead singer of the local rock band Velvet Saints. How you doing, Kevin? What's up, Michael? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. You you ready for this weekend? 
Uh, yeah, you know, actually, this weekend we are leaving for vacation because <laughs> we had to leave early to come back for the show. So. There you go. Anywhere exciting? <laughs> hopefully. No, no, just uh, the beach, which is to me is great. I love the beach. Yeah, so you can't go wrong. Destin Beach is good. Uh, actually, Panama City this Ooh. year. My daughter's never been there, so we're going even somewhere better. different. Even better. No slight to, meant to Destin or anything, but even better. No, no, not at all. Just somewhere <laughs> you know, somewhere different. So, but hey, uh, you know. I, you know, I've been talking throughout the parts of this show how it's the in, in the basketball world, it's the July evaluation period, and you being a head coach at, at Walden, you, you've seen your some players go through it. You're a former player, you know. I think you played at St. X and a little college ball at West Virginia Tech as well. So you know what the what that whole part of the the game aspect is. Yeah, you know, looking back on it and being from a head coach's perspective. Just how important is this July evaluation period? I mean, because, you know, it kind of seems not to, I hate using this term, kind of seems like a meat market. It kind of does. You know, but these guys are out there trying to earn scholarship offers from all these various coaches sitting on the sidelines taking notes. Well, it it really is. And and the the thing is, is you have, which is, you know, it's kind of a high-pressure thing for some of the kids, too, just because of the fact that they, uh, the ones that aren't highly, highly recruited where, you know, somebody's been sitting in the stands all year long, so they already know they can, you know, everybody has a bad game. But some of these kids, they're they're getting their one shot. I mean, you, you see coaches sit there and watch some kid for a quarter, and if he's not doing his thing, they stand up and leave. Yeah. I mean, and they're done. So, yeah, it's a lot of pressure on these kids. But, you know, kids are a lot more mature now than when I was young. So Isn't that the truth? I guess they can handle it a lot better. <laughs> At least they look like they can. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah, but, you know, but they are kids still. And that's the one thing from yeah. coaching that, that um, as much as they come off more confident, more cocky, more mature, whatever, they get rattled just like any other teenage kid does. And and it breaks them down. It breaks their heart. You know, if they don't get what they need or want, and it, it's a uh, it's a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. Lots. You know, I was just talking with Jody Demling. You know, a lots. You know, a lot of headlines circling guys like Romeo Lankford and and the Moses Brown, another guy Jamal Ashburn Jr. Guys we've talked about here today. You know, but as you brought up, you know, most of the kids don't fall under that realm. I mean, most of college no, basketball. No, that's such you know, a small percentage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, it, when you go out to these things, I mean, like you said, it's a lot of kids that, you know, this is their shot. Well, like I always tell any, any kids that's ever played for me and any high school kid, if you get a four year ride anywhere, I don't care where it is, whether it be UK, U of L or some small school, you won the lottery. Yeah. You got a four year ride to get your education and that's a lot of money. So you've won the lottery. So yeah, I mean these kids are you know they're banking their future on it. So yeah, now, a lot you know, of pressure. Your high school here in the city of Louisville, and obviously you know even though the football is gaining in popularity, and you could say that U of L is even a football school now, it's still always going to be a basketball town. You know, so when high school basketball season gets started, what's that excitement level? Not only you know for yourselves over at Walden, but I mean you're facing somebody on the other side of the court. I mean you can kind of get a sense of the of the competition and the excitement level you know throughout the city when it comes to high school season. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm already looking forward to high school season. It's you know <laughs> middle of summer still, yeah. so yeah, you get you get hyped up about it early. I mean, it's just you like being around the kids. You know, what I'm saying it's it's great to see them how they advance from one year to the other. I mean, kids make a big 
jump from 15 to 16 years yeah. old, you know, it's, it's, or 14 to 15. They make a big leap. They come back in there. He look different. They act different. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty exciting. And then, you know, the thing is, I'm on, I'm in a small school, yeah. which I'm not at a Ballard or I'm not at, you know, a Trinity or whatever. So, um, the expectation levels for those guys is even higher. I mean, you know, sure. that's even more pressure again. So, you're expected to always win at those schools. So, yeah. Again, we're being we're joined here by Kevin Manning, who's the high school basketball coach uh, over at Walden School, and, and you know you've got a nice little side gig as well, Kevin, where you get lead singer of Velvet Saints, a popular uh, local band here out of the city. And I, you know, I hesitate to use the word local because you guys are continuing to grow and grow, but you're from here, so you're always going to be local to me. And, Great announcement, right. I guess, just today or recently that you guys are going to be, you know, not any pressure for you guys, but now you get the opportunity to open for Bush coming up at Forestry Live. Yeah, that's a great thing. They're actually, it's funny because they started following us on Twitter about <laughs> two months ago out of the blue. Nice. And we're signed to a label out of Canada. Um, but, yeah, that's a great opportunity. I mean, uh, yeah, anytime you get to play in front of a large crowd like that, it's it's great. Great exposure and I thrive on the pressure, you know that, Mike. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's what you live for. I mean, that's that's why you you know you're you're a coach and you know you're an athlete and all these kind of things. Now you, you mentioned you're signed to a label out of out of Canada. I guess the quick story: um, how did that come to fruition? How were you discovered by you know by by this Canadian label and and how are things progressing for the Velvet Saints? It's going pretty well. They uh, the first CD they heard us um, when we were in the top of the college charts uh, we were in top 100 of that and uh started talking to them and then they pretty much gave us everything we wanted as far as we got full control of everything um we get to do pretty much what we want which is a great thing yeah, and then you know it's, it's going well so um it, you know it's a fun thing to do it's yeah. a fun thing to say you got to do anyway yeah yeah, and obviously, you know, being on the road is, is part of that. And, you know, and now for the 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 show with Bush, that's uh, July twenty first, correct? Down at Fourth Street. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Now, what uh, are the, what are the particulars are that? Because I know they've yeah, done some free shows and stuff. You know, how does will this be one of the free shows, or how would people go about you know getting information on tickets? I'm pretty sure that tickets are fifteen dollars general admission. Oh, nice. I'm pretty okay. sure that yes. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's uh, what the, it is. And they're they're expecting a huge crowd, from what I understand. Oh, I, That's what we were told. I can so, imagine. I mean, with, with you guys down there, and then you know, with Bush coming to to support you guys, it'd be a huge crowd. Uh, it should be fun. <laughs> it'd be good times. Now, how can people, if they haven't heard the Velvet Saints, where do they go to hear you guys? Uh, we're all over iTunes, on Spotify. I mean, all the the big the big places. That's you know, we're at, we're there. So yeah, it's good stuff. You know, I've I've been Thank a fan for much. quite a while, so uh, I recommend everybody going out and checking that out. Hey, Kevin, appreciate you taking some time, and uh, look forward to I'll, I'll see you down at 4th Street Live on the 21st, if not sooner. Excellent, buddy. I can't wait to see you guys. I appreciate it. And again, that's Kevin Manning, head coach at Walden Basketball School, or Bas- Walden High School Basketball, as well as that lead singer for the Velvet Saints. Appreciate him taking some uh, time out of his schedule. And thanks to everybody that joined us today here on the Afternoon Underdogs. We got it going from Courier-Journal writer Dan Carell talking a little Louisville City FC again, who's got a big match tomorrow uh, against FC Cincinnati at Slugger Field. Should have over 10,000 fans at Slugger Field for that. Chad Bishop from WBKO doing a little uh, Western Kentucky discussion. A lot of excitement down there for what's going on in both football and basketball. So check him out at 
WBKO. Always love talking to Sam Purcell, the University of Louisville women's basketball assistant. He joined us and really excited about uh, the future of the Cardinals this coming season, mentioning you know their goal, obviously, we're getting to the Final Four, which is going to be in Columbus, Ohio this year. And then, of course, Jody Demley, who joined us right before uh, this previous segment, uh, talking a little basketball and wrapping up kind of the ACC kickoff meetings as well. And, and speaking of Jody... You can hear him coming up next here on 790 KRD as he hosts the uh, Cardinal Insider. Guys and gents, I've enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. Tony and Dave will be, be back uh, next week. Uh, again, and from CardinalAuthority.com, I've been Michael McCammon. And again, this is the Afternoon Underdogs on 790 KRD. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.